podcast listeners. If you hear my voice right now, I need you to do something for me. I want you to take out your phone or on your computer, go to Apple Podcasts, search for Ask Your Old Head Podcast. You'll see my, my logo, my little picture, my little image there. Find the show. Please rate and write a review. It's a small thing, but it helps others find this work and find what I'm doing here. And it really, really matters, uh, as small as that may seem. So if you could please do that uh, before we get into the show, I very much appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Peace. So before we get started, I want to say thank you for your supporting the Ask Your Old Head podcast. Good brothers tuning in and listening to us uh, whenever we post. I promise you uh, consistency will return. It's just uh, that time of the year and that time of life right now. Uh, but, you know, summer's coming and we're going to keep it cooking. So, you know, jump in and add on. Peace. Peace. I'm Majestic. My brother Justice, what's happening? Oh, man, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, looking good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, like hey. my man Dion. Like my man Dion. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. You play good. They pay good. good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, man. So, uh, I mean, apt uh, uh, reference, just as, you know, we're going to do a, a little, little little sports talk. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this morning or this afternoon, what have you. Um, so, we're in the midst of the NBA playoffs. Um, you know, every, the, the, the league that's perpetually theoretically in trouble. <laughs> right. Like our whole life, it'd be, oh man, the league, man, the league's in danger. And I'll be like, wait a minute. Like wasn't, okay. I mean, and, uh, you know, I think we'll probably get to part of why that, that is a, is a, is a conceptual talking point. Um, but, you know, I think it was, um, you know, two things, one just with the playoffs and then uh, the recent article on uh, Rich Paul. It's just uh, there's a couple things to to, to 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 dive into. So let's, you know, maybe just uh, get in on uh, what some, you know, you know, going back and forth, just some ex- reflections from, you know, the playoffs and, and the season, I guess, season slash playoffs so far for so- you. So one, it feels like this the season has never stopped. I feel like they've been playing basketball for the last like 20 months straight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like it's like basketball stopped and then it went to the bubble. They had the bubble, they took like a month off, and then went right right back into the season. Yeah. Which on one level shows you how precarious the financials of in the NBA in particular are, right? Um but yeah, hundred percent felt like nothing's stopped, um, and and I think that's had an interesting take on one the injuries and all that kind of stuff. But then two, kind of how into it you are, right? Because it feels yeah. like it's just it's been one long season, right? So it, it hasn't been the the appropriate pause that I think psychologically people need to get ready to watch the sport again. If that makes sense, like yeah, yeah, yeah all right, right, give me a couple months. Yeah, I mean, give me like from June to October. Okay, boom, I got to watch baseball in the middle of the day. I got to watch the pod in those respect to the Padres. I actually think they're good this year, but let me pick another team. That ain't good, and I know ain't good. The, the Pirates. <laughs> um, 
you know what I mean, the Pirates versus insert X team on 2.30 on a Tuesday afternoon, you know, which is just not make, frankly, sometimes for good uh, TV. Uh, I'm probably haunted by my childhood when the Phillies would be playing and they weren't no good and they'd be playing the Montreal Expos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I've been Rob Samwell out there. Oh man, Mike Schmidt, Rob Samwell, <laughs> D- Darren Dalton. Like I be one, I be one to watch anything in the world, but baseball at two thirty in the afternoon and ju- on July fifteenth. Um, so I'm probably probably shaking from that. But um, so yeah, that's a, you know one that the season feels like it never ended, and then the injuries um, because of the economics of basketball. Um. It, it kind of takes from the game, right? Because especially in a time with the super teams, right? The implicit thing with the super teams is everybody's got all their big guns, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, and the under people feel different way about the super teams, but the only reason the super team makes any sense is everybody's playing. Yeah, yeah. But when everybody ain't playing, the super team thing gets boring, right? Like, so, you, you know, you look what happened with the Lakers, you look at what's happening right now with the Suns, right? Like, you know, look at Conley out for the uh, for the Jazz. Look at Murray out for um, for Denver, right? So it kind of takes away, and it always leaves that "what if" conversation. Yeah, yeah. Like, what if everyone was at full strength for the full time, right? Which I think kind of leaves something to be desired, even though there's a high level of basketball being played. So that's like my first kind of really like, uh, this kind of feels like everyone's not at everyone's not at full strength. Yeah. So it's hard to compare who would who would win, so to speak. Yeah, I, I definitely had a similar feeling with the way just the timing. And I understand the, the, the you know, the, the the mechanics of why they had to like, yo, we got to go and get this, you know, basically get this season in so that next season can be whole. You know what I mean? Right. And, you know, which makes sense, right? But it, it definitely was sort of, it feels like the 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 finals last year's finals was some sort of like preseason tournament <laughs> to right. to the like oh man they won the championship of the wait of this season <laughs> which season? right you know what I'm saying because and I and I was I mean even my own uh, thought coming out of that and then even how uh, like the Heat's record went I was like you know as hard as they had to play in that series they ain't gonna be right for a couple months. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like you, you can't play that hard and then eight weeks later, like not only just be practicing, but like going back to to like do another season. Um so that definitely made it strange. And I, I would say for me, one of my first reflections was um just watching the season, especially watching the playoffs, is I don't think we all recognize how old some of the like the stars of the moment are. And I think is what's sort of even feeding in the way that these playoffs have played out and, and the impact of injuries or like who's there and who's not there. It's just that, I mean, even almost all of the, and, and I probably, you know, probably need to fact check at least one or two, but everyone that we would speak to of as like a star, like superstar level player is uh, is double digits in the league except for you know maybe like Joel Embiid and them uh uh Joel Embiid pardon me brother Embiid um you know LeBron is gonna be year 87 or whatever you know what I'm saying he might come out there in the uh 
Uncle Drew outfit <laughs> and Kyrie. I think uh, you know the Reds double digits in, in the league. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even uh, well, I think I think yeah, Curry would be like uh, you know had had an amazing year, uh, but was also like we're I think we're actually at an inflection point where the idea that any of the folks that we would have considered stars four years ago are like actually maybe about to, you know, this like be the last couple swings, you know what I'm saying? Last couple bites at the apple. Um, and Interesting. like, I mean, and you know, I think some will probably experience their mortality better than others. Um, but it does end for every athlete. Like it does, you know, you can't, you can't, you just can't, it just can't play forever. <laughs> and it is diminishing returns. It is impressive, though. Like for some of the, some of the guys, like you know, I'm actually, you know, low key rooting for uh, Chris Paul and his crew. I mean, I think you know, I think if Davis doesn't get hurt, uh, they have a hard time getting out of that series just because it's a bad matchup for them. But I think you know, otherwise, like you know, that'd be nice if he get to the finals. You know what I'm saying? You know, Chris Paul put that on his on on his piece on the mantelpiece, but right, the. Right. But just sort of the transits, I think, like we're sort of in a, at the gateway to, in like three years. I mean, in very real three years with LeBron can be retired, um, which which does, you know when you think about these <laughs> came into the league in two thousand three, right? Like, there's a whole bunch of players from his age that ain't gonna be in the league no more. Um, right. You know, half of uh, you know, assuming you know Clay can finally come back healthy, like Golden State maybe got two more swings with that crew really being like, you know, with some additions of viable, like tough out. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you yeah. know, we, we gotta like, you know, some of these dudes just it might, you know, might be time. <laughs> well, but that's also, I mean, that's also an interesting point around the one the transition of the league into the evolving element of the super team. Right. Because, for example, three years ago, we would be we were talking about Golden State as like, you know, amongst the best teams ever to play. Right. Mm -hmm. But now you take Clay, uh, Curry, Steph and what's the name? Uh, What's my man name? Draymond. Draymond. Right. Do they beat Utah or Denver right now? I don't know. To be honest, like at least them three, like Durant's not there. But like you take them three, I don't know if they're as good as. To your point about age, right? Yeah. Are they are they truly as can they keep up with Jamal Murray and and Jokic, right? And Michael Porter Jr. Can could they really beat Devin Booker? Given a fifty, you see what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so, there is this idea, which is why I think the older stars are doing the super team thing, right? Yeah. Because literally they have to play a certain part on teams to actually have a part and and actually win, right? So there is this, you know, to your point, there is this shift and changing of the guard. Now it would be interesting, do any of the current budding superstars have the personality to kind of move the league or will the league really be about the team versus the person right because i think it was a time where when you think about the sixers winning a championship or the sixers being good for a certain time in the early in like the mid early to mid 80s 
yes, it was Doc to Jay, it was Doc, but you really thought about the Sixers or those Elijah teams or when the Rockets were good, right? Or the Blazer teams, like those were teams. We went from teams to players, which I think, you know, like to your point, we'll talk about it in a minute. But mm-hmm. like, well, I think we very well could be going back to teams because of the new people, of the new stars, let's say Luca. Um, I mean, frankly, even Giannis, like, you know, Jokic, like none of these five, none of these folks by themselves are like carrying teams. Mm-hmm. But with maybe the exception of Donovan Mitchell and what he did, at least for the first two games, the first series and the first two games, they shut him down last night. But like, you know what I mean? Like, so it'll be interesting to see, will it really be about the team again versus that? Cause it is a transition and a lot of the new people who are really good still need other people. I mean, everyone, we all need a friend. Right. But right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, they, but they need other people. Yeah, and I and I, I think it actually. I mean, just want to hold on to that because I was. I think even with the, you know, the super team dynamic, you know, there's not in most. I think there's only room for so many of those, and then I I think the idea that like, the just the, the uh, part of me sometimes thinks like were, were we in a wave of this amazing level of talent you know, just in term, terms of, like, the players that were available um, and their skill level, you know, that it's in some ways pulled the idea of how you win and all these other things, like, over here. But at some point, it's like, it, is, it would be great if you could, if you could find, a, you know, there's only going to be one Kevin Durant. Right. You can find a seven-foot dude that <laughs> plays, like, a small forward and right, and, sh- and like, shoots like a two guard. Shoots like a two guard, right? You find that then it's like, oh, and 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 you know, this being his, his second team pairing. If you go one, you paired him at one point with the best shooter I've ever seen in Clay in uh in uh Stephen Curry, and you know, maybe the second best shooter I've ever seen in, right. uh, in Clay, like that's not going to happen again. I mean, and even the number of teams that think in their mind, like, oh yeah, we just get some dudes that can shoot threes. And it's like, it ain't, I mean, yeah, they can shoot threes. They can't shoot like them dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in in terms of theory uh, or structure, you know, the the way one approaches building their team. And that I I think the league is actually moving to a place where, um, you know, we just not, you know, we're going to be on the tail end of those guys and there'll be some new, you know, individual, you know, Don just does look, you know, looks like he's ready to do things. I've actually enjoyed, uh, uh, what's my man in Atlanta? Uh, Trey Young. Trey Young's just, you know, not just that he's, you know, he's scoring, those, but he actually seems to like, and embrace the idea. Like, yeah, we about to get busy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Taking yeah. the house after finishing the Knicks and stuff like that. Like, yo, <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. Like good competitive. You know what I'm saying? Let me, let me show you how I really feel. Um, right. He likes the game. Yeah, he likes likes to you know that he's excited about being out there as much as anyone else. Um, and so I think as the as you know in like that, I really think you know three years. It's realistic to assume LeBron is retired, <laughs> or does it like yeah, it's my last season? You know what I'm saying? And uh, and, and then you look, you know, within five, it's not unreasonable to think 
Durant could be looking at retirement. Uh, Irving, Curry, Clay, and them. Um, you know, I think a guy like Curry, depending on how he plays, just because he can shoot, he might be able to stick around. You know, he'd be on that right. that uh, Reggie Miller. I'm gonna stay an extra like seven years. That maybe I really wasn't super effective, but I'm out here. But I yeah, play. I was gonna say. I think some of them. To your point, I think some of them will just function at reduced capacity, right? Or like they're good and they'll give you twenty. They're just not. They're no longer the centerpiece of the team, right? Like I think Steph Curry, Clay. Uh, Durant, you know, he's already, you know, he's he's like an injury away, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, to think they 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 just won't be. Well, it's hard for Durant not to be the centerpiece because he's seven feet and he can shoot threes and he's generally unstoppable. So <laughs> <laughs> more or less, uh, and you know, and then other guys and uh, you know, some other thing about like you know. Realistic to me that Chris Paul played what two more seasons? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like it's tough to think. You know, we we go all oh, well, hard, and you might, you know, all these dudes is over thirty that that we would consider yeah. the, the like the pinnacle guys. Um, outside yeah. of like Giannis, uh, I think is still under thirty, and uh, Embiid and uh, Simmons. Uh, you know, and and Simmons, you know, just because of the way he plays, you know, is going to have a different arc because he's not a scorer. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah, I got I got something I got something to say about Simmons in a minute. <laughs> it's gonna impact, you know what I mean? So I think like the at the moment, and even the sort of like interesting thing about this moment with the playoffs and the way people are feeling about the teams, and even you know, it's been a big conversation this year about the like the viewership. And I I mean, I mean, just the these playoffs are the only thing right now that has me like every week, like, man. Maybe I should pay for some live television so I could watch these games without having to like go, I'm gonna go to the gym and sit on the bike and watch the game. Or I'm gonna right, 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 right. Try to get one of these websites to work where you can sort of watch stuff. Allegedly, <laughs> that Russian that Russian website yeah. you go to you got to decode, watch the game for free, you gotta and you get every movie twice. Yeah, you got to open the window twice. Yeah, you got to get you the extra strength. Like uh, what's the name that don't allow you know. Uh, untoward stuff from other countries to pop up on your your page. Right, well, I got that. So I got a, you know, I got a partner that he, he, you know, he's the person that knows how to locate that sort of stuff. And I told him what I was like, yeah, man, my, my, you know, my web security here in the crib, by, uh, you know, router thing won't, it's shutting them drones down it, on my end. Like, so I'm like, click, 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 click. And it's like, nah, yo, what are you looking at, Justice? Stop that. Like, <laughs> like get off that website, yeah. Justice. I'm like, damn, I'm going to have to pay for this. Right. You know, I I think that there's a, you know, I wonder. Um, I guess maybe this can count as my screen, my reflection too. Like, if even just viewership, especially in a league that depends on, you know, your prime time game is Thursday night. Um, then you got your Friday, and you got your Sunday games, right? But in many ways, depends on, you know, live. Uh, it depends on a TV sh- schedule that was based on a world where although I know four out of five workers still actually do have to kind of be in person, <laughs> I think it's something like <laughs> right. that. Um, you know, but a lot of people, you know, do we have a shift in when people are actually available to watch live sports? And, you know, it's just been my lingering idea that like, people are like, oh man, the ratings are way down. And I'm just like, yeah, it feels like the season never ended and people look at screens all the damn time. So I could imagine, 
and then some of the even things I think that feed in the way people watch sports is like you watch it at the sports bar. Like, you know, you go, you know, right, uh, right, right. You, like you go do something and watch the games as much as one may watch at home. And I and I just think that some of that to me is a reflection of the moment that you know, you just be in the crib all day. And then it's like, oh, I'm gonna sit and watch a game. It's like I ain't gonna watch this game, or you forget. I don't know. I just I just don't right. think that I don't think that it should be taken as a indicator. Oh, fans don't feel good about the player empowerment. You know what I mean? Because because there's a lot of me that feels that some of that conversation is a bit overstated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right, right. Well, and, and I think that. I will yeah, put. I want to put a pin in that because I think that's a really good point. Please, when you bring that up, and I guess my my other reflection. One is about three different players and something that stumps me about all three. Mm. I can't understand how Ben Simmons can't shoot. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't comprehend how probably the most uh, outside of Durant, the most physically gifted player <laughs> on the court, nine times out of 10 is Ben Simmons. Six mm. ten, runs, passes like Magic Johnson. Defensive could have, and I would argue, should have been defensive player of the year. Plays the best defensive, the best offensive kind of person every time, right? Mm -hmm. Just unmatched kind of skills. Just cannot shoot. Like how you can go to do a hack of Ben Simmons if it gets rough for the Sixers. I just, I just can't understand that. <laughs> Number two, at some point, who is Anthony Davis's trainer? Right. You gotta have a conversation about who Anthony Davis' trainer is, man. Like, and he should go get with <laughs> that that nefar that uh nefarious doctor that Tom Brady be with, <laughs> um, or LeBron's cryo, you know, <laughs> LeBron's ability to have superhuman endurance yeah. and be thirty seven years old and be operating at this high level. He needs to sign up with them immediately. Yeah, because something is amiss, man. You just get hurt too much. There's no other way to say it. You get hurt too much. Um, and, and my third thing that has befuddled me about uh, this year was Julius Randle being an all-star and almost damn near an all-NBA player during the season and entirely disappearing playing yeah. the Hawks. Yeah. Like the Hawks aren't known for amazing defense as we see in this uh them playing the Sixers. Right? <laughs> now the Sixers, to be clear, the Sixers have a really good team. They have a shitload of three-point shooters. They have Joel Embiid, that you could I would argue probably say the best center in the league, or yeah. two or three. I mean him, yeah, this is Anthony, Anthony, him, Anthony, him and Joker. Like, you know what I mean? Anthony, Anthony wants to be a power yeah. forward. You know what I'm saying? He really wants right. to be a center. <laughs> okay, good point. So yeah, so him and Joker, like the top, you know, top two centers in the league, best defensive player in the league, arguably. They got a whole bunch of stuff. But like the Hawks don't play good defense. <laughs> like, so for Randall, that has a unique skill set, he could dribble to the hole, he could post up, he could shoot a three. For him to disappear wasn't was like interesting. Yeah, it just it just was like. It just was clear. It was like crazy how he how he disappeared. So, but yeah, those are just the three ones that I don't understand. Yeah, I mean, and so I, I'll start. I'll begin at the beginning one, and and it's been you know as um 
at six foot, you know, one and you know, maybe six foot two, depending on what sneakers I put on, uh, you know, uh pick up basketball power forward, Raji. I I um I've always flummoxed with basketball, like you know, real basketball players. And when I talk to people that's you know like super into basketball and they play their own life or they coach each other, and I'll be like, how how does one just not just not learn how to score no buckets at all? Yeah, you know I mean, <laughs> like, like at all. I mean, and I'm always, you know, I watch today's game, and 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 I, and I think I have my, you know, my theories. There's some, you know, just sort of the idea, like, oh yeah, we're gonna get all the whole team of like six nine, six six eleven dudes that can do everything. They can dribble, they can do this, they can shoot, they can play, and it's sort of like, yeah, but I mean, you know, it's sometimes good when you're that big to just be like, oh, I'm bigger than most of y'all so let me do some of these moves on you like let me work on my you know you know what i mean it's like when you used to watch ben wallace and ben wallace would grab the ball and he would shoot the <laughs> ball like <laughs> like how you know like he ain't never played basketball before but like Yo, you, you are actually playing basketball fam like like a man. shot put he would shoot the ball <laughs> Like, like he's playing. <laughs> like damn, Ben Wallace. Like go play. I mean, I love your defense and your heart and your hustle and all that. But he he played like kids play. Remember the tall, like how the tallest kid would play when you was playing basketball. Somebody would get the tallest kid, but the kid, the kid literally did not play basketball. He was just <laughs> the biggest just kid. Like, They're like, yo, get him. The biggest kid. Just, he's just the biggest kid. Man. That's how I do ben this. You know what I'm on, saying? Off, on offense, that's how he would play. So I'm always, it's just, it, I think it's just very interesting just because there is a, you know, there's a mentality, psycho- like the psychology of like how you approach the sport that has always been curious to me in basketball and what guys just feel comfortable doing and not doing. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, Dwight Howard with, you know, his, you know, all his offensive regimen and, and like, you know, was it he say he, he, he could shoot better but he doesn't feel comfortable like he actually starts thinking about like oh when i miss this they're gonna like talk about me (laughs) so i don't that's why i shy away from this aspect of my game or learning it or developing it like it so with simmons and and i'm fine with it like in one level if it's like yo like i'm just i'm not gonna be scored dude you know i mean now you know you under you know you don't have to impact the game only by scoring but it does create a challenging thing when your point guard also needs to be in the paint, post the people up almost, or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, in terms of how you defend it and, you know, how the other team looks at you. And then it just gets to be like, oh man, you dribbling and all that. Usually dudes that do all that dribbling, you know, can pull up <laughs> jump shot. Like, what's up with it? Like, you frustrate, man. Like, you know, I, I, I love his defense. Um, but it's just like, yo, he, he just decided, you know, people, it'd it be cracking me up because it's been like four years. It is, or it was, it, it's been like four or five, but it was it maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. And I, yeah, he might develop his, it's like, man, will y'all stop this? He ain't shooting no threes. Either you're shooting threes or you're not. Like, how long are you going to wait to see, see how they develop? You know, it might change. Like, nah, man, it's, it's five, six years in. It's, this is, this is how he's going to play the game. And, it it is a curious thing. I mean, I I, I do you know I, I think um, him figuring out how to contribute in all the other ways, but it is just still like I you know I'll never totally get it. And it and it like I said I've you know I've, I've inquired over the years. And I will continue to inquire with my more you know basketball skilled 
uh, counterparts be like, so, can you explain to me why nobody taught that dude how to do a drop step? Like, why ain't nobody bring up, you know, if you're going to do two, you're going you're gonna to turn into the lane hard that way. Like, you know, you know, once you turn one step that way, you can you can swing that leg back and and use your hips and then you're just going to be right. There. Okay, I'm not going to bring it up. I'll move on. Right. And you're the biggest <laughs> strong and you're the biggest and, and you're stronger than almost anyone that's playing you. Like if someone that's stronger than you is playing you, they're not as fast as you. Right. Yeah. And if someone as fast as you is playing you, they're not as tall as you. You like other than Durant. You are the most confusing, befuddling person on the court to to deal with because you're six ten with ex- exceptional Magic Johnson like court vision, you know, yeah. um, and can dribble, you know, yeah, yeah it's just then, it's absolutely befuddling. So then, uh, wait, uh, Simmons. Second one was uh, what's the second one? Oh, uh, AD and uh, oh yeah, his, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So yeah, I've been thinking about. It. Yeah, he he needs. I don't know who he be doing. I mean, that's so much. I mean, as a as a regular person, you can go and there's some great physical therapists, people and people that can help you with the mechanics. And they're like, oh yeah, your bio motion. You mean you got to move your leg like this, do some of these, and do some band work, and you know, there's all right. kinds of wild stuff out there. You need to get into all of that because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who. You know, and, and, you know, different folks will bring up, well, you know, he shot up nine inches when he was, I'm like, yo, he was in high school, like, nine years ago. Ten years right. ago. It was a long <laughs> time ago, fam. Like, For him to eat to his body, right. Yeah, like, <laughs> you've had enough time to adjust, like, you know, and then, oh, some people are just injury prone. And, you know, I, I, what I've, you know, had to actually do a self-inventory. I'm like, so I was like, well, I hurt my hip in high school, and that's it, term ACL. I'm like, I did well, you know, I'm dealing with, you know, my, my current life adjustment, uh, you know, managing my, my right knee. I'm like, oh man, am I injury prone? <laughs> like, am I, am I, am I injury prone in, in real life? And then I'm like, like, nah, I, I mean, you get hurt, but you know, I was like, actually, in between there, I've, you know, stayed you know, for the most part a fairly nimble, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you know, above average size human being. And, um, you know, if I could do it and, and, and not do sports for a living, I think AD could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you gotta get with somebody, get some, start putting you in the in the in the cold things and the and the warm things and the, and they have you doing like the nerve stuff and the jumping on the you know, nah, we're just gonna touch this toe. We're just gonna move that toe. Oh, let me, let me see how your toe is moving, brother. Oh man, yeah, see that's the problem. See right here where you see see how your ankle's moving, you know what I'm saying? And put the thing on your foot and the, you know, rolling stuff. Like there's all kinds of things out here. You need to do all of that because. Yeah, man. he just can't have like every game you you watch at some point in the game he has a landing or a, a something and he's like ah, ah, ah. it's like oh you hurt again <laughs> come on man like no disrespect big fella but come on man like I know you're the big human you know which then gets to my thing around gigantic humans all you know I, I don't I don't think I don't think gigantic humans um, having the le- the lever action, you know what I'm saying, that the moving around and to think that you're not going to start to have some injuries. Like gotcha. there's a reason that, makes sense. that you, maybe you shouldn't be running full speed all game. You should, at some point you should just be lightly jogging. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, y'all set everything up. I'm going to be right down there. I'm going to be. <laughs> right, right. And I'm, I'm no, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. Cause I mean, I think about when you say that, I think about, you know, Moses Malone, I think about Jeff Ruland, you know, and that 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 uh, trade that destroyed the Sixers. Um, 
you know, where they got Jeff Rulin from the Washington Bullets and actually thought that he was going to be able to be any good. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of those big guys are injury prone. It just, you know, I guess the difference is that was like 1988 where the best, like, you know, people were playing in slightly elevated technological shoes, for example, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where today, like, people are playing literally in rocket gear, right? <laughs> playing this stuff they give astronauts and shit so it just feels like the ability you know again because you get a lebron you get some of these other players that are playing extra long because of the technological advances frankly that we have today right in some worlds you know lebron could have been dr j you know what i mean or he could have been alex english where it's just like okay you got hurt it's time to st- terry cummings it's time to stop playing you're really good Right, but it's, just, it's just time to stop. Whereas, like LeBron, you know, again, he benefits from you know that whatever you know six six million dollar man stuff he does at home. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think. But whatever he need to do, he need AD to go. I don't know, live with him. Or, I like think, I said, get that nefarious doctor. I think, and I, I, I might be misquoting, but I think in some article in the past, like you know, I think it's like you know, make a million dollars or something that he spends, LeBron, yeah. in terms of trainers and planning and services and everything else just to, to stay, you know, which, which is a reasonable investment given that you're a professional athlete, <laughs> like, and not, right. not just uh, you're the, like, you know, you're the, the preeminent, you know, generational, you know, athlete of your time. Um, but you know, that, you know, uh, every aspect of, of your physical health, the whole year impacts your ability to be prepared to play basketball. And, and shit, um, per capita, here's the thing. Per capita, if you ask the same question about all, our own, all of us, like, okay, well, how much do you spend on the fact that you got one body, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got one car. You can do some stuff with the car, but you only got one car. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes, if he makes 20 million, if he spends one twentieth of his income, right? That sounds like a pretty good investment. Yeah. Not a bad you deal. Know what I mean? Yeah, that's not that's not a bad deal. It's been one twenty to be able to operate at a high level to do the thing that's important to you. You know, probably more of us should probably think like that. It's been one twentieth of our income to operate at a high level. You know what I'm saying? You get on that uh you like your man, T B twelve out here to make a business out of it. <laughs> hey man, T B twelve out. Listen, T B twelve, the funniest thing about them is essentially what Tom Brady does is have a mostly plant-based diet with proteins. He leaves, uh, you know, any kind of manufactured or different, you know, stuff in a box alone. If it comes in a box or a bag, he doesn't need it. <laughs> like that's what Tom Brady does. Like it's not an actual, it is, you know, it and, and besides everyone being like, he, and he doesn't eat strawberries because they're a nightshade or tomatoes. <laughs> He just doesn't like them. <laughs> like, you know, like trying to be like the fact that Tom Brady is successful because he doesn't get extra lycopene. Like, come on, man. Like, that's not it. He just doesn't <laughs> like tomatoes and strawberries, man. <laughs> but besides that, Tom Brady's diet and regimen is probably the one that is generally healthiest to have just anyway. <laughs> yeah. He just yeah. spends a lot of money to do it while we don't. <laughs> so you know, you know uh, yeah. and then the other thing that, like, just to, to, to pin in that part is, is it goes to bed, <laughs> right? <laughs> like you know what I'm saying, he's supposed to be like you know eight thirty. All right, y'all, 
It's rap. <laughs> Like, what y'all about to get into? You know what I'm saying? You be at Todd Brady house at 7.45. You start looking around like, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of close. You know what I'm what's saying? up with y'all? Yeah, right. what's, what's up with y'all? What's, what's up with y'all, man? All right, cool. What y'all into tomorrow? Antonio Brown was in the back room watching, you know, watching Netflix and shit. Like, damn, that nigga time, time go to bed. Time was playing, man. I thought shit. time was joking about hey, that night, night hey, time. Hey, AB lived with Tom and got his life back, got his life back together. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and then on Randall, it's just I think I think it's that classic thing that like, you know, one I always thought Randall. I thought Randall, Randall's a good NBA player. Um, and I thought that he would have a good season with Thibodeau. You know, like with a real coach. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, there that you know trying to like get the ship righted as you were. And I think if of the players that were on that were on the Lakers in the preceding years before LeBron got there, I felt like he was a player. If that if the Lakers didn't have to, if they could have kept him, that he was a better fit as the you know a, a third dude, you know what I'm saying, or whatever fourth dude, um, than what they had when LeBron got there uh, with Ingram and. Um, Lonzo, right? Like if 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 the if the if the split could have went different, just because I mean, well, and I and, and you know, it's, well, generally my thought about NBA players and some people are like, well, maybe you know, Ingram's gonna find his spot. Like in terms of people being like a transcendent superstar, it 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 usually four years in, we we should know. Doesn't mean you're not a good player, right? Right. It just means that in terms of you being like the player that's gonna. Um, you know, take the team to the next level. It's like, eh, you know, you might be a good second dude. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, but I think when you get in a playoff game and not just the, I mean, one the aspect of the team playing you, you know, four to five, at least, you know, at least four games in a row. You know they can tune in on what you don't do very well, and I think that from a from a psychological perspective, I always felt like you know playoff games. You 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 probably cannot escape the idea that you know there's like real stakes if you lose the game. Like in terms of like oh we're out like we're done for the season if we lose too many of these, and then like I, right. I think that it really. So I just think it. I just think it. Um, and not not saying that like Bruce Randall got in the game, but I can't win. I just think that it was like. You know, you get to the place where what 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 however skilled you are, that it's like, oh, that's right. I am not the dude that can actually transcend these particular circumstances in terms of how I'm being defended or you know, how I even, you know, my own preparation, or you miss a few shots and then it's then it's like, oh, I'm, you know, just a bad night. But you know, you still in the game, man. Like we we thought you was, you know, you you played a, a, a fantastic season. And just didn't didn't have it, you know what I mean, for the playoffs. So I think that's a uh, yeah, that's one of the, the, the titles. Um, third reflection for me was um, we have a very weird, we have an interesting dynamic of like so Jokic, rightfully uh, given the circumstances, won MVP, and and I say rightfully just because he played the whole season. Like if if Embiid had not lost the missed all those games, I think Embiid would have been the right uh, 
MVP in terms of how he played. But he missed, you know, like 16 games or 17 games or something. Yeah. yeah. And Jokic is dope. <laughs> like, like if you, yeah. if you, I know he's in that mountain time zone, which it can be hard for people to watch them games. But, <laughs> but if you actually watch Jokic, like, you know, and I guess just being here in, the, you know, Blazerland, and and so they've had these, you know, two really over the last couple of years, kind of these, these regular seasons where Denver is clearly the better team, like overall. Right, or at least has the edge. But you know, since you know, was it two seasons ago? You know, the Blazers beat them. You know, to get to the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, like the Blazers were able to like kind of you know, well, Dame and them, Dame being probably the bigger part of it, able to overcome how good Jokic actually is. But right. but for a big dude that that does really really more play like a big man, you know, except that he does you know have a uh, you know, he does post moves, he does, 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 does dribble, you know, he does, you know, he shoots jumpers, does ill passes out of the, you know, from the elbow and from other, all, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a real, you know, he's like a simultaneous present center and a little bit of throwback center, you know, present center in that he can actually shoot a credible three-pointer, even though it looks like uh, if you ever, you know, you go to the gym and be that like tall dude that does like a set shot, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it ain't no hop. It is <laughs> In this three-pointer, but he he be bang, he'll bang them things on you. Um, you know, but it's like I'm sure people are going to like they're gonna discredit his MVP as if he wasn't actually playing great this season and that he's a great player, right? Go, oh, well, you know, you know, and a part of that is this underlying idea that we don't always speak to that if a white, you know, a person of European descent, as it were. Um, is good at basketball, it's sort of some sort of accident as if European people of European descent can't be athletes, right? Well, right. Based I, on I, any scientific fact, right? This is only based at our No, but I think that's I it. think that's what you're I think you make a very interesting point. And honestly, even though we're 20, we're 30 years into the Eastern European experiment, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like we're, you know, Drazen Petrovic, Sabonis, right? We're 30 years. <laughs> into the fact that people of European descent from, you know, Eastern Europe are really good at basketball. <laughs> like They love this like, game. You know they love this game and they're actually really good. And that's a difference from you having a conversation about Luke Walton, right? <laughs> or Joe Ingles, right? Or uh, Jason Williams. Like th- that's a different conversation. And I think to your point, we haven't gotten over that conversation yet. And we're, it's like kind of how Dirk was treated, even though Dirk was, Dirk had a different element of his game than Jokic has, obviously. But how it was kind of like, okay, Dirk's good, but but it's like, no, Dirk's really good. He's seven feet hitting fallaway threes, right? Like, no, he's really good, but we, you you know, that is a part of, I think, an interesting thing, obviously, of the American context of race, right, where we stop thinking that people that have been training to be good in a sport can be really good 30 years later yeah. with, with almost a laboratory-like way of doing, the, having the game, right? Like, and, and that even extends to the Canadians, because, <clears throat> you know, there's always been Canadian basketball players, but clearly at some point when, when, when AAU 
and all these things opened up and Toronto got a team, right? It stopped being a couple guys that were good and started being Toronto is taking players who, yes, in some other contexts might have been playing soccer. In some other contexts might have been playing some other sports, but they've been watching American television all the time. And now they're playing basketball. And it's been 20 years, so we shouldn't be surprised that someone from north of the border is actually good. Right? right? Absolutely. And so I think that's the thing that, it, again, not accepting that for many of us in our community, we have been in the laboratory of playing basketball. <laughs> we're not good at basketball because we're instinctively good at it. <laughs> we're right. good at it because we've been playing it all the damn time. All the time. All the time. Like, and back. Even, even three, when people three, four, are good, and even when people are good at other sports, we kind of direct them away from the other sport if it isn't football to play basketball. Yeah. You know, so no, I'm right with you. Yeah. And just, you know, so I just I I would I, I would I would like people to just appreciate now he like dude dudes dudes uh, He's nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and just referencing Dirk. Dirk's nice. That Dirk's the best European player we've ever had. You know what I'm saying? And just, you know, y'all you know, people can feel some kind of way about it if they want to. Um, but you know, it's, it's these these, you know, you know, interesting, you know, narratives and, and ideas. And but it's but it's an interesting reflection because I mean, I think to me the bigger question is just the idea that the MVP of the season, you know, is this implied idea that I mean, the bigger implied idea that all of these accolades are part of some, you know, uh, hierarchy race to be like, you know, on the like, are you the best player ever? You know what I'm saying? You know, and for some players, obviously, we we clearly don't even put them in the as a as having a shot to be in that conversation, right? Um, but then we devalue the accolades when they're outside of the relationship to the persons that we do think should be in that conversation. Right. So you have the, you know, the, the statement that's made uh, an NBA around like LeBron last time he should have been considered an MVP for MVP. Um, and which I think if he, I think if he did not get hurt this season, he was on track to look, be, be pushing the fight into it too. Um, right. But you know he got hurt, and and then some of the I guess the, the, they say the advanced numbers were saying you know like LeBron he's amazing he's LeBron but you know these other people were doing these other things um uh you know it, it's just a very interesting you know weird place with like you know I, I feel like it's okay to just be happy like yo that dude plays great great at their sport man let's just give him some props I mean I guess the the other uh, Example I was going to bring up was the Russell uh, Russell Wilson at the top of last season in the NFL, and people were like, "Man, I can't believe he's not being considered for MVP." All these, and then it's like, if you go if you go look about it, you go, "Oh, I see why." Like some years he won the MVP, <laughs> like he just right. you know, it's not it's only so many you know slots. Um, yeah, so I think uh, how many reflections to that? We got I think more? we're good. Yep. Okay. We're good. Um, the. Uh, the pivot, though, and, and I think, I guess, here, because, uh, you know, so this New Yorker piece on Rich Paul, uh, you know, owner or principal of Clutch Sports, uh, famously LeBron uh, agent and, and you know, confidant friend, um, 
but there's a couple things in there and, and I'm I want to actually start with the conversation around like this idea of super teams because because like yes like the, the the heat team this was definitely a super team like it was it was super um you know they all got that you know uh you know Durant going to Gold State was definitely super super you know what I'm saying <laughs> Like oh, MF Doom, super. With that, um, and this recent thing with uh, you know, Man Harden, basically, you know, uh, what's my man from uh, Damon Wayans and the Great White Hype hitting his way out of Houston. You know, like I'll be fine. You know what I mean? I'll be ready to play in a minute. You know what I'm saying? And, right. uh, getting there, but I, but I also think that I think that. In any, it's basketball's business, and in any business, contracts are negotiable, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and the idea that you know, just as much as players can go, I would like to leave. You know, you know, two, three years out, three years out, it does it does seem like a stretch. And it does give, you know, the owners, owner team owners, team leaderships, leadership of the teams, as it were, you know, they, they could, if they just don't want to trade a dude, they could just go decide they're going to play hardball and like, I'm not going to trade them. Even though they know that it, it would be bad for the league if, if, if James Harden had to retire because Houston wouldn't let him out of his contract to trade him. Right, like that's not a good win for the league, right? And 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 what that looks like, um, and you know, nor would in any other of our major sport leagues, and definitely not in baseball, would anybody let that happen, right? Um, but the, the the undergirding sort of like notion that all like players with more leverage can push for things. But on the other end, I think it's all these other players that have almost no leverage. <laughs> and they can't right. nothing. Like, but we we frame the conversation around the maybe what 15 guys? If, if I mean man, if I wouldn't even say if like that. five to six a year, right? That maybe have maybe. I mean, I think I mean Le- LeBron, A D, Harden, Durant. I mean, you could argue probably at some point Giannis could probably do something like that. Uh, and be uh, 10, 10 players tops have the ability to actually maneuver in this manner. Uh, it isn't, you know, P.J. Tucker from the, from the Bucks doesn't have the ability to do this. Uh, Tobias Harris from the Sixers <laughs> does not have the ability to control where he goes, right? Like, let's just be real, right? This is top tier talent. This is otherworldly, so a lot of Jersey's talent who even have the conversation around being able to do this. So I, I think to your point, there's something being framed in a, an industry where I would argue the top 2% of any industry has the ability and the leverage to make their own decisions. And that's in any industry, right? So if it's what, 15 players per team, it's what, 25 teams, right? 
equal easy matches of 400 professional players, right? That are playing, and these are the playing. These are people playing at the highest level of of, of basketball in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And of the people who we're talking about, of those 400 players, maybe 10 to 15, maybe have the ability to have this conversation. So yeah. literally, that equals maybe four or five percent, right? Like literally. And so I think that distribution would be found in any industry anywhere. And I don't and I don't think that that's because to your point, the other 95 percent of them do not have that leverage and, and go in knowing and the ownership goes in knowing they don't have that leverage. Right. Right. I mean, even if you're I mean, we were just talking about Julius Randle, Julius Randle, a great season. He's, he's a good NBA player. He if he just wasn't happy with the Knicks, it was like, yeah, I want him. I feel like I feel like Knicks. <laughs> Or give me my chance to shine. <laughs> I want my chance to like Julius Randle can't go in there and be like, yeah, y'all, y'all need to trade me to uh, you know, you need to trade me back to the Lakers so I can help the Lakers can help them good. Like, like for what? Like what man, like Julius, we we love you and 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 all that, but you like then there's not gonna be no no shutdown of the Knicks because Julius Randle wants out, you know what I'm saying? Or uh what's another player at that level? Um you know, any of the Sabonis on, on Indiana. Right. right. Like only they, they, they may have be more in the place of, you know, we don't want to pay this player this much money or our team isn't good enough to, at this point, um, you know, to, to pay that kind of freight, you know, they're not transcendent. No, I mean, yeah. they, they are not transcendent. And I think this is reserved for the small percentage of players who are transcendent that this happens with. It just happens to be that the small amount of players who are transcendent in this time understand their leverage points in regard to the money that is being made in the influence, the global influence that comes from them. Again, if we say the night, you know, the 80s Lakers, Celtics, yes, it was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, you know, made stuff famous, but also it was the it was the Celtics. It just wasn't Larry Bird. It was the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. That even in those times, those super teams that did become super teams. Oh yeah, they did, and they didn't always become super teams just because the management was so genius. They traded right. for people too, <laughs> right? Some people wanted out of places, and they traded for them, right? The Lakers had the ability to pick James Worthy and Magic Johnson, right? and trade for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to create that team. You know, so, you know, when, when, when we're often looking at how these things came about, it's kind of like, it's only reserved for a certain amount of people. But yes, this generation of agents and this generation of players are more sensitive to their worth because we have created the cult of individuality, right? Media, personalities have created this this space where it's all about you it's a lot of jerseys being sold a lot of money being made for a lot of people that they don't always get a cut of so if they're aware of it and now with, with, with rich paul i think there's even this difference of the player being aware of it versus the broader influence that someone like chris paul and clutch broadly 
because I think it's also important that like we do this about Chris Paul, like Chris Paul is sitting somewhere like Magneto or like uh like Doc Doom by himself. Like, frankly, like there's no white people conspiring <laughs> with Rich Paul to do <laughs> the things that him and LeBron and Maverick Carter want to do. Right, right. Right? Which I think media often obscures on purpose to have this, like, it's three black dudes that want to give whitey hell versus if you read, you know, when you read the, when folks read the article, you see all these people, white people, <laughs> who have been consulting with the Brandon for years around the stuff they're doing. Yeah. So while I'm not, I'm not saying that they did not come up with these ideas, clearly, you know, the four horsemen and, and them have done what they have decided. This idea that like that, that it's three black dudes versus all of the white owners, right? Like no one said this when David Falk was making decisions on who could go places. Right, right. And I and I think it's a really important thing that that he he elevates in that conversation that like, I mean, ultimately we're talking about business and and breaking into breaking disrupting a business structure right which i think in especially in american histories i mean at least especially for our community has often led to violent reprisals um the like yeah like he's approaching the business different and and educating players elevating like their role um players feeling i mean free agency didn't just start <laughs> right and 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 on its face and the media endorsed it or at least faked it, you know, the idea that the thing you could do to get loyalty of these players is just pay them a whole lot, you know, so to get away from the, but then, oh, we're paying them for too long. So, you know, the incentives aren't right. I Meaning, you know, they were given them seven year contracts and, you know, if, if it doesn't go well, uh, which sometimes it does, doesn't, and, you know, or, or you have to give that big contract to a player who's not as, you know, good as the other guy, who got that big contract? It definitely uh, it taints the the vision or or, or the outcomes of the like you know the league banked on the idea that players would always take more money, right? It would not at any point go well. I mean, in the long run, in the short run, I'm not going to get you know whatever millions of dollars. In the long run, I, I I'll do this. I'll be happier. Right, like I'll actually mm. enjoy where I'm at, and I'll be happier, and I'll probably be able to make some more money on the back, you know, somewhere later, right? Like, uh, and I'm a bet on myself, you know, as as I, I've, I, which I think is a is a set of behaviors, especially when um in in, a, in the professional spaces, I think when black people, in general, and black men specifically, really activate and operate that way, it throws people off. You know, I think mm. they, they go, wait, wait, what do you mean? You're not going to take the money. You're not going to take, you're not going to take the, the, the contract. You don't, you don't want to, you're not going to take the like executive title role that you're not, we're not actually clear of what responsibilities you're going to have here mm. <laughs> position. You know, you don't, don't you want to be a vice president of whatever at, you know, you name it, you know, law firm, duh, 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 you know I mean, whatever, whatever the entity, if, if we weren't talking about the NBA that are, you know, our professional climate as it were corporate America, which doesn't hire a lot of black people, um, and, but will hire some in executive roles. Uh, you know, 
the idea that that we will just if you pay us enough money, then we'll just take it and and just be hey, be okay with it. And and like NBA players and uh, other sports, but especially with the NBA, you know, it is the the league that is the the most you know the most black <laughs> in terms of the the player composition and the talent and the stars again, which is built on an infrastructure that is rooted in that we play a lot of basketball, <laughs> right? It's, it's right. a lane that has been rewarding for over 50 years. So therefore it's been developed and grown bigger in terms of what's the back end that's, that's bringing these, you know, developing these talents or seeing these players become, you know, these individual athletes become basketball players and then stars. And so you get to this spot where, the folks that are in that role are like, wait a minute. Like, and I thought it was ill. And then the article is just speaking to that. Even players are often encouraged and probably still encouraged, but not, not to hire a black agent. <laughs> right. Like, right. You know, I guess somebody that speaks, you know, does this, that, that represents these other things. And that hangs out. Right. But in, in the inferences, you got to get somebody that hangs out with the owners that can get you a better deal because the black person can't get you a better deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there's so much to, if, if you're in the, if they're going in the rooms, you know, and, and, and he's building a business, right? Like he's, he's building a, a, a management business and among whatever other, you know, um, entities <laughs> in terms of talent and, and entertainment and production. And it, 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 it it's always going to be a disruption. Uh, and there's always going to be things implied. I mean, even I thought the the this be speaking about like folks always framing clutch as if basically at some point LeBron's in control of it, right? And right. the idea that like only with our community would people who we're both if we're me and you are say sneaker designers and we're friends and we're we're long time connected with each other and i'm the i'm the hot designer all of the sneaker companies want me and you are you know you know you do uh materials sourcing and so therefore you know whatever one of us is the biggest star they're going to associate like that my success is our success is is due to whatever our relationship is with some other like you know famous person that is maybe our our spokesperson you know maybe we got right. you know what i mean they're like oh they tried he tried to pick his own sneaker brand and and them two dudes they just kind of wrong for the ride cuz they clearly couldn't have spent time and energy becoming you know talented and, and masters of their craft professionally cuz you know that's not how you know that's, that's not how those guys roll, you know. Well, it's the narrative of you can be very skilled at. We we know there are people coming out of college. I mean, people coming out of high school who are good enough at putting a basketball in a hoop to be able to go straight to the league, right? Like we we accept that at this juncture. Now there's some obviously inherent challenges with that prototype, but we know that that can happen. We do not assume that someone could be inherently skilled at understanding communications, leverage, business, and politics, that they don't have to go to a college, not Harvard, not 
Berkeley, not Northwestern, not MIT, <laughs> right? Like, you, and I don't buy it, but you can still argue that in relation, in proximity to networks and in relationships, there is something to be gained from attending a certain set of schools. But that's not the premise of Rich Paul's, uh, of the college rule they did. Yeah. The premise of that is you had to go to college. Yeah. Any like you're going, like you're right. Like you had to go to a place where you gave someone else a lot of money to sit in a, in a class and take maybe four or five <laughs> classes around your major to become an agent. Right. So we accept that you can dribble a ball and you don't have to do that. But we can't accept that you can actually be a good agent and not have to do that. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, so again, it's like it's so much it's so interesting, the implicit ideas that I think in basketball in particular, because there's no helmet on. Right. And they end up doing the most talking. Um, and just and I do think there's still this idea in football. that outside of a couple quarterbacks, the, the, the field general leader is still the white man, right? Like it's still that person. It's still the Aaron Rodgers. For every Mahomes or Russell Wilson, there's Brady, Mahomes, Roethlisberger. I mean, there's Brady, Rodgers, Roethlisberger. Uh, what's the other gunslinger? Uh, Stafford. You, you know what I mean? Like, there's this idea, you know, in that the, you know, the the genius of the team is found behind the center versus the running back or the wide receiver or defensive end. Yeah. Right. Um. So, so basketball, I think, is a kind of space that's unique in the conversation of, okay, it are you saying with all the time? people have spent around basketball, right? Again, the last 30 some odd years has been somebody being around basketball, right? Whether the World Wide West in New York, Leon Rose, whether it's the folks like Magic and them want to be on team. You think no one's figured this out, how to, how to be successful here, right? So there has to be something untoward about Rich Paul and also because Rich Paul, because he's not part of the fraternity of sorts, that can't be successful, you know. Yeah, and well, it gets to the other the the, the thing I thought that was a salient point, and I, and I actually applaud him for for just go ahead and saying it. And they're like, you know, when they were making the analogy, like you know, that his transition into being a manager, um, an agent was you know the way most people you you work at a you know at a firm and you learn the ropes, and then you might break out on your own. Right. right, and that they were he just like I ain't learned nothing at CAA. Like, and and, and spoken to that, I mean, I in terms of being in in any corporate and professional spaces, many many black people across the board speak about not being invested, no investment in my development. There, you know, I may have taken the opportunity and found a way to make it get the things I needed to get. But in terms of a proactive effort, like within some of the within different professional spaces, that the leadership is no, I'm trying to actually get you to a higher level and skill, you know, practice, you know, whatever have you. Like 
I, I think what he said there is not an unfamiliar idea to a lot of people who, you know, work in any, you know, what we would call like, you know, I mean, not just probably white collar in a lot of different environments where it's like, yeah, they may have hired you, but they ain't really trying to help you be like great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and I thought it was interesting that both was like, you sure you, you won't say that on the record? Like, Yo, man, nah, let me, let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me make it be clear. I was in here working. Like they, they wasn't trying to like, you know, make me a great agent. And, and I can imagine, you know, and I don't think it's the, over the years, the, the, the AAU coach who gets hired on as an assistant at the school that one of his great players goes to, um, the, uh, the, the other individual that gets, you know, gets an opportunity, uh, due to their proximity, you know, maybe they get the opportunity due to their proximity, but you know, at, 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 as an agent or an assistant or some other like official title, um, you know, but maybe they're, uh, but what they do with it usually ends up being also about like who they are. You know what I mean? Like it's a leverage point to get you in the same way that for some people, the leverage point to getting in is that you are the, uh, you, you're the child of, uh, of, of a, a well-known you know, previous agent or your, you know, relational, other relational connections, or you went to, you know, the right school and therefore you got plugged in with the opportunity to do the next thing. It's like, right. you know, that sort of dynamic. And I think that that's always a part of when, when someone like Rich Ball is pushing into a space that is, you know, not been dominated by a certain group of people is that once, if we're going to be, do square business at some point I have to, I do have to accept you. Right. And then like, and your community as it were being in this space and being my, my peer um, and, you know, fair or unfair. I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that in those, in those rooms, you could have folks who um, may find you individually impressive, but still not necessarily want to buy into the idea that there could be more of you. Right. right. Like, no, it's just you. So it's like you're like a, you know, you're like a like a, you're like a comet. Right. Yeah. You're like a comet. Right. Like in treating treating you like a comet and wanting to treat your ascension as a comet while looking at the farm team of the next 10 to 15 people who will do the same thing that may be of a different race or different background. Right. And I but I think to your point. Uh, the disruptor title becomes a very important compartment part of this because when people in other industries up until kind of where Elon Musk is going, he's kind of, he's kind of taking it somewhere else, but like up until then, uh, you know, last maybe 25, 30 years, especially in tech, we have honored the disruption, the disruptor, Mm -hmm. right? We've said that the disruptor is a person making it better for everybody. Right, democratizing something, you know, Uber democratizes using your car to make more money and be on the road. Right, uh, you you don't have a you don't have a, um, you know, an asset that's not making no money for you. you no, know, regardless of you know, kind of the some of the other things about that feeling. But yeah. if you if that's the premise that you accept, right, or that technology could be beautiful, <laughs> or that hey, you don't have to go to the store. There's a website that you can just buy the shit and it comes to your house. <laughs> like, and all these disruptions, we've looked at them and they've made a lot of money disrupting 
traditional industries, right? Mm -hmm. Rich Paul, and then by extension, LeBron, Maverick Carter, you know, coming and disrupting the model that worked well for a certain amount of people, but not necessarily for all of the players. It didn't look at as an issue, right? And then, a, a, you know, the other challenge here is there was a time where people wanted to play. And if you just, if you got recruited to play and, you know, I don't want to use the city because it may seem like I'm saying the city isn't nice or cool, but you want to do this and you're here. But also pop culture and hip hop culture, or I should say hip hop culture and then pop culture has created a space where everybody wants to be in New York, Houston, Miami, or Los Angeles. That's just where everybody wants to be. Mm -hmm. And if you're in New York or Los Angeles or, or Miami, the idea, to your point earlier, is that you'll be able to make more on the back end from engagement with business now, right? Than you would in some of these other cities. Right. So, yes, that's where people want to go now. Like, they don't want to be places where they have to move to somewhere else three months out of the year. You can debate that, but just like in every other industry, right? If you want to be close to tech, you're going to live in Silicon Valley, New York, Boston, right? Like there's not a debate about that. We accept that as part of doing business. If you want to maximize your opportunities, right? That's not to say that someone that does tech can't live in Omaha, right? Like Warren Buffett. But it means that Warren Buffett is not looking for tech deals every day. Right. The reality of today's transcendent basketball player is that they're constantly looking for opportunities beyond the sport. So, yeah, it's going to get to a point where people only want to be a couple places. And especially as I would argue, hip hop has largely moved to Los Angeles. Um, that's it's a, it's a premise that I'm working with that, like, Black music in the 70s moved to L.A., but hip-hop had not moved to L.A. Like, hip-hop had moved to New York, then hip-hop went to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And while hip-hop obviously is still strong in Atlanta, the actual co-mingling of opportunities that exist mm -hmm. in yeah. hip-hop today, yeah, you probably got to be in L.A. So do it make sense that LeBron wants to be in L.A.? <laughs> He's going to finish his career in L.A. or, you know... Uh, where all these people have homes and have doing things, because that's where this is starting to occur. You know, New York will always be New York. And if you can be good in New York, as the whole Julius Randle figures out, <laughs> he can it can be special if you can be really good in New York. Um, but like, yeah, it's, I think it's just one of those situations where uh, the disruption of an industry is okay until it's not. Right. And it often talks about who's being disrupted and who's benefiting from the disruption that starts to be the rub that we have to look at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I think there's a um something there that you said too when when you when you think of those cities, because the cause there would be a a thought to just frame those cities that are maybe the most coveted as as just being about being a big city but chicago's a giant city and everybody ain't trying to go to chicago 
No. You know what I'm saying? No. There's, no, there's no history of Chicago's robust free agent market. Right. And it's no, not saying there's nothing bad about the city of Chicago. Quite, I quite enjoy the city of Chicago. Right, right. But I also could, like, especially at this modern, where where things are culturally right now, you know, I can see why. If, if you're usually player like, yeah, I want to be in Miami. I want to be in Houston. I want to be in L.A. I want to be in Atlanta. Or, you know. In, right. Or that's where I want to, you know, frequent. You know what I'm saying? And think about, you know, what your life is going to be, you know, after the fact. And and again, when we're talking about the, the top, top, top of the line players that have the leverage to even think like that. You know what I'm saying? There's a whole, you know, majority of players. And why I found that quote that was in there from the, the general manager that like, oh, there's, you know, teams aren't empowered. I'm like, you own the, you have the contracts. What are you talking about? Like, you, there's no, it's just, I don't know. I just find that to be ridiculous. They don't have the leverage in every situation. Like, <laughs> you, you, you don't have the leverage over your, your most talented folks, the folks that are, you know, that have that demonstrated the highest value. Yes, you have left, you has left less leverage over them because they, you know, you actually do have to make them happy at some point. Now, that idea of making them happy is often used as a pejorative, you know, as if making them happy is going to be like, I need 5,000 green M&Ms in my locker room at all times. Like, yeah, you know I'm saying it's going to be some right. weird whole no, bunch of like, I mean, it's just a like, yo, that, that at some point, I mean, and even thinking about here in Portland with, with, with Dame and folks speculating like, oh, is Dame going to want to go? And is he going to be the next guy to demand a trade? And, and I, and I don't, you know, I, I don't, I mean, what, I just don't, I mean, maybe he will, but I don't think so. But the idea that like the the idea that the team, if you have a player his caliber at some point shouldn't go, yeah, we need to like, you know, we should involve you in some decision making or at least get your input. You know what I'm saying? And and even if we have to have that dicey thing of like, yeah, also though, at any point we could just decide to trade you. You know what I'm saying? If somebody will give, you know, take on your, he's gonna have a gigantic. I think it's like a fifty-four million dollar year. One of these next two years. So, which other three now? They they ain't getting traded. I don't <laughs> think he wants to go anyway. But that's that's a lot of that's a lot of bread. Um, you know, it's like the analogy in my head, and and I'm sure some, you know, inside the sports world person would 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 maybe think I'm making a leap, but I just think about it as. In, in in an industry in a country that has has seeded a long-term idea of the inadequacy of of black people generally generally, black men specifically, in terms of their ability to lead, or that if they're good at something, that it has to be due to some sort of innate talent, not necessarily due to, you know, the diligence of their work ethic to develop their skill and craft. That then when they are the, you know, being, you know, showing and presenting as the best at whatever that is that you still want to have uh decision-making power over how they, what they do, where they go and how they show up. And if they're forcing, you know, due to the, the, the force and power of their abilities that you have to engage them as peers, that it's a discomfort. You know, I, I, I always, the way I think about it too, in terms of where players want to play is socially I don't know what it was got to be like to be one of the best basketball, you know, be, be an NBA player and, and a good one 
and and so now you're automatically you're in the top one the topest one percent of all you know black people not just all people in america and then you're in a city where there's maybe how many other people are that aren't or aren't on your team <laughs> or are themselves a professional athlete are operating in the same way financially like that's got to be, you know, there's got to be a level of, you know, you go, you can go be in LA and you, if you're operating at that level, it doesn't, you know, you, you can move around in spaces where socially it's not a, a thing, but if you are, I'm sure if you're in a Timberwolf and you want to go out on the town, you know, it's, and not like on the town, like I'm going to go, you know, doing some, you just, I just want to go, I'm going to go to a nice dinner. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to have a cocktail at, 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 at an evening establishment. You know, nothing super, nothing super ill. You know, you ain't got a lot of peers, like, that is operating the same level you're operating. And that's, I, I would think that would get weird. And you'd be like, you know where I'd like to live? Not here. You know, I, I just, I, I think, and then I think on the, on the other aspect in terms of how that interfaces with, if you have other financial ambitions and there's probably more American cities where you walking in the room like, yeah, I've been an NBA player for this many years. I've uh, saved up, I've developed this war chest of, of funds that I'm looking for investment opportunities and I'm looking to build something and you name it, you know, city, NBA city. How receptive is the local business client climate to you wanting to become an active player in sort of the economics and the long-term space they're outside of you giving them your money and stepping out the way i'm sure it gets a little weird you know what i'm saying like where it's like you know you're like yeah i think i'm thinking i want to do some property development over here and people being like oh you oh no man look just just you got 10 million dollars this is just be an investor on this you don't need to do any like thought work as a this project and i and i imagine go ahead no, no, I was going to say, I just think, no, you're right. I just, I mean, your opportunity flows to where things are occurring. There's no accident that where there are these opportunities emerging for people to invest, to engage, that's where they're going. Because that's where, to your point, it's normalized for them to have money, right? They're not the only one with money when they're in that city, right? And then the other reality, and this is, you know, real, if you're, I ain't going to say, I'm sure there's some really well-to-do people in Minnesota. Black people in Minnesota. Oh, yeah. But, like, if that's the case, when you pop out in Minnesota and you want to be around black people, uh, the other guys you might be around might have got their money a different way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you go to Atlanta and hang out, there's someone who has a real estate company or is, you know, a brand ambassador that might have half as much money as you. If you're in LA, it's a whole bunch of people. You can go hang out with Jay-Z. You go to Santa Monica and go eat with (laughs) Jay-Z. Right? Like that makes sense. In Houston, you can go hang out with anybody. Travis Scott. Okay. I'm in Houston. Right. Versus if you're in a lot of cities in America, because of the challenges we know, about what it means to be black in these places and the accumulation of wealth. Yeah. Now, next thing you know, they say, who are you hanging out with? You're hanging out with blankety blank from insert record label <laughs> that has, has a nefarious history <laughs> in the city. 
And so as these guys, I would argue, are more professionalizing their careers, right? I, I would say a lot of basketball players are more professionalizing their careers now, right? That's not what they want to do anymore. They know it's more money and more benefit in kind of the above ground space than sometimes the, uh, you know, the gray economy or mingling with those who are of the gray economy. Then mm-hmm. yes, they, they're going to want to be where the opportunities are natural and they flow and it makes them able to do things and they can hang out with their idols who tend to be rappers <laughs> who live in one of those four places too, right? And so I just think um, the disruption is coming from a lot of different spaces actually. And the reason why it's able to be disrupted because opportunity and access are not equal everywhere across the country for black people. So if you start to see, if when people start to understand that the opportunity and access are not equal across the region, across the area, well then, People are going to want to be where those things show up. And you, like I said, you don't want that situation that occurs where it's like, okay, your favorite, your best player is in, lives in your city during the season, but then leaves to decamp to one of those places in the off season. Right. You know, I think Dame, uh, Dame is a difference, right. As, As strong as his ties are to Oakland, he has very strong ties to the Pacific Northwest. Right and has been clear about having those ties to the region. And I think what that starts to mean is it makes people want to come play with him because he is doing that. But for every Dame, there's a James Harden. Um, You know what I mean? Like, you know. Give me a body. I also think James Harden is an extremely talented basketball player who wants to put a cherry on top of his game so he can just kind of not, I don't want to say be done with it, but like you kind of get the feeling James Harden, I want to get a ring, man. So I can chill, go hang out with a little baby. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's not pressing me about this. Yeah. It's not pressing me, man. I'm just trying to win, man. I I need to win. I need to win fast because I'm not going to win here on my own. I'm not going to win in the West of LeBron's here. Right. I need to go somewhere where I can get a chip. Y'all can leave me alone. I can hang out near rap, and you know. So, you know, I think uh, but yeah, man. Absolutely. Please, yeah. for everyone to listen and go check check out the article that I think it's definitely, you know, race, the inter the confluence and the interplay of race, um, culture, disruption and business, I think is uh well worth well worth the read. Yeah. And I and I I guess my um my closing thought on the piece would be I think it's very interesting to there's some of the, the the details you know that him paul um growing up in a household where his father ran a business right so like in other communities we would we would maybe elevate that more that mm. oh well you know that that you know he's he's he didn't finish school but it's you know he his father has ran a business you know he grew up in a household that you know ran up whatever the business you know if there was lumber if it was you know fix whatever the business right and i think in other communities we would elevate that and add the idea that you probably have learned some things about how businesses work <laughs> based on being raised in a house where someone ran a business for a living right mm-hmm. and but that you know 
before this article, I'd never heard anything about, you know what I'm saying? Like what his family life like. Maybe that's, you know, maybe that's just what's out, you know, what's out there. But I've never heard anyone say like, well, you know, he comes from a family that, you know, run independent business and, da, 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 da. and so he might know some things, right? But, you know, I've definitely been in, in spaces where other communities are given the benefit of the idea that they've learned from experience from people around them, right? That's familial. Uh, and you know, in, in even framing that, the you know the pathway to legitimacy, which is always the challenge for for us as Black people, is that wherever we are, we have legitimate cause to be there. Um, you know, we're gonna be fighting that. You know, we're gonna be fighting that the rest of our own lives because that's just the nature of you know what's been seeded is that the only legitimate place you know, for, for black people is the places we've defined for them. <laughs> and therefore, if there's somewhere you don't expect them, it's like, hey, what you what you doing in here? I mean, maybe okay, maybe he's one of the smart black people. Or he, you know, he you know, he must does must have done something. Okay, I'm just keep my eye on him. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's subtle or overt. And, you know, I think, you know, I you know, praise the dude, you know, keep doing doing his work and do good business. Like like do good work and it and, 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 and I think it'll work out in form. But I do encourage people go check the article. So you got a closing thought for let us go? No man, I think that's it. I think we ran through it. All right. So with that, I'm gonna say peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Good Brothers. Thank you to my good brother Majestic Dash Old Head Podcast and Good Brothers is a creative project that you support when you listen rate subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts also by sharing you can support the podcast in another way by contributing on patreon every small increment uh, takes a little bit of the production load off of your boy so um yeah there's that you know Please check out that article. Links in the show notes. Um, it's in New Yorker on Rich Paul. And uh, I'd love to hear what folks think about this conversation and about the league. You can check the notes also. Any of the social media, Instagram, direct messages, Twitters, whatever. Hit me up. And um, and all things, you know, as we approach the, the be- official beginning of the summer, and stay warm if you're in a cold part of the world stay stay cool if you're about to be in a hot part of the world but always stay safe and uh thank you for listening peace